Hi, I'm Ruthie, your host for the Defiant Business Podcast, your Monday through Friday 10-minute shot of business knowledge. And today I want to talk to you about a term that you may not be familiar with. This term is the secondary customer. And I want to know, are you taking care of them? And maybe you're thinking, Ruthie, secondary customer? I'm just trying to handle the regular customers that I have. Why are you bringing up this secondary customer? I promise they're not magical beings that are hard to get to. You already have them. What's important is that you recognize them. So in content or content marketing, this will be called your secondary target audience. And some businesses have more than one target audience. So those still usually fall within the primary target audience unless you know indicated otherwise by your strategist. But your secondary audience or your secondary customer, who are they? They would be your second most important audience. Uh, so the primary audience typically being the customer or client who will spend the most, right? And your secondary audience may not spend as much or not purchase as often, or they may not even purchase at all. And you're thinking, if they don't purchase anything at all ever, why would I create content for them? Ah, yes. Now we've come to the root of the problem and... I've got an answer for you. So with product-based businesses or, you know, software as a service, because that kind of falls in the product business as well, it's a little easier to see why you would create content for your secondary audience. For most products, the secondary audience are services who utilize that product. So you would create content for services that consult for your product or you know, offer management services. If it's a software, they offer software management services for your product. A great example of this is HubSpot. HubSpot creates a ton of content for agencies and consulting firms that specialize in working with HubSpot software. So they write content for them. There's a special email, email list for HubSpot agencies. HubSpot's even created a HubSpot partner program. So you can be, you know, a bronze or a, a silver or a gold level HubSpot partner. I think there's even platinum and diamond. And so HubSpot will list these agencies and firms on the on a website and customers get diverted if they're asking for help that HubSpot doesn't have it within their business uh, their business setup to deliver, HubSpot will direct customers to that website, website so they can find a consulting firm who can help them. So it's incredibly fascinating. And even at a lower level where you're not like a HubSpot partner agency, HubSpot also has the HubSpot Academy, which is content for customers, but they know that freelancers and smaller consulting firms, much like Defy the Status Quo, uses HubSpot and uses the content and finds value in it. So why would HubSpot create content that would help defy the status quo? Well, not necessarily defy the status quo in particular, but HubSpot's gotten a lot of free publicity for me. I recommend them. I talk great things about them. So through their content, I got to know them as an organization and I trust them and I'm confident when I direct people to the website. So by helping these agencies and freelancers and consultants become more successful, HubSpot is more successful because these service businesses direct more people to purchase HubSpot's software. I want to 
take a quick second to talk about starting your own podcast. I know it's the super fancy thing to do these days, but a lot of podcasts start and then stop because the host underestimated the amount of work involved. Heck, my episodes are only 10 minutes long, and it's still a lot of work. So if you're really considering starting a podcast, I really recommend Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, you know, let me take a second to explain it to you. First of all, it's free, which is great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast on your computer and ding, ding, bonus feature right on your phone so you can do on-the-go podcast recordings. Uh, Anchor will distribute your podcasts for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, so many others. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. You've got everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So I really recommend that you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and just check it out. Go and get started. So if you offer services, though, who is your secondary audience? Now, this is a little tougher. And for every single business, you kind of have to suss it out. You have to, you have to find it. It's not quite as easy with, as with product-based businesses. So with service businesses, it may be related industries. So if I wanted to create content for one of my secondary audiences, let's say wedding enough business, okay? Well, don't don't fall for those marketing. Yes, yes, I'm telling you not to fall for those marketing funnels where they're like, oh, not getting enough business. How about, you know, we create this funnel for you and you'll get hundreds of leads every month and blah, blah, blah. Like that is a simplistic, at least it sounds simplistic on this side of actually making the purchase of that service or that funnel or whatever it is. It sounds incredibly simple. And that is how they get business owners to pay for it. In all actuality, it probably isn't simple or it doesn't work for your business, but they've got it set up to where you can't, you know, request a refund or something like that. What it is is they play on your fear of missing out, your FOMO, and that's what gets you to make that purchase, especially if you feel like, oh my goodness, I'm not getting enough business. Uh, what about your content? What about if your content isn't performing? Uh, you know, don't, you can, there's no easy fix for that right? But what you can start with is a careful review. Is all of your content not performing or is it just some of it? Is there package included things like video lessons and SMS text messaging and AR integrated activities? Those are either can be automated or they are driven by the client, i.e. the person needs to go and click on this link to activate XYZ. So a lot of that can be hands-off for you, but you can actually upsell your client on this continued support package, even though it's automated, getting you more money for the value that you're offering to your client. There are a lot of data visualization applications that are being explored by bigger companies right now. IBM is one of those. Uh, they're calling it IBM Immersive Insights, or at least that's the branch of it that I found. IBM probably has more. But their goal is to help users explore their data and communicate findings. You know, if you're a consultant or a service provider of some kind, how wonderful would it be to incorporate something as impressive as augmented reality into your presentations when you're communicating your findings, you're communicating how aggregated data has 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 presented trends that were pre previously unknown. So IBM's Immersive Insights brings the power of augmented reality visualizations to data science tools, improving the user experience, data exploration, and the data analysis process. 
While they were initially targeting data scientists, they now believe that it has all kinds of potential in data analysis, and that could apply to you as the consultant or to other business leaders and executives and all types of users. So, and even beyond data science, like I said, there's potential here for it to be used as a presentation tool, augmented reality paired with you know, or being used as a data visualization tools. And this would be where non-data experts like myself uh, could take advantage of 3D visuals to communicate information in a way that's easier to understand. We're creating so much data every single day and it becomes harder to track and to discover trends in our data because there's so much there. So having this sort of tool could be really helpful for the chief information officer or chief technology officer or even the chief marketing officer if they're really heavy into martech to communicate to the rest of the board members that they're you know having to work with on a day-to-day basis the exact uh, trends that they're seeing from their data or the exact impact that a particular operation has because they'll be able to put up or present the data in a visual way that it's you know, way easier for everyone to understand. So it is hard to see the applications for augmented reality in marketing. Now, if you think that I missed anything, I would love to hear any ideas that you have. And if you're listening to this on Anchor, then you can always send me a voice message and perhaps it'll get integrated into a later episode. If you're listening to this anywhere else, you found it on LinkedIn or Twitter, uh, Facebook, just leave a comment and let me know if you've seen an application for B2B consulting or service firms for augmented reality, or if you even just have this idea. All right, that's been another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie, and like I said, I'd love to hear your thoughts.